welcome to Positive Talk with Kevin McDonald. Hey, that's me. Hi, and welcome to Positive Talk. Our show features the best positive stories and people from around the globe as we endeavor to answer the universal question of why am I here and what is my purpose? Understanding that can change everything and knowing your greatness is fundamental to living your best life. So join us right now as together we work to create the adventure of our lifetime. Boy, I tell you what, I get to continue having the adventure of my lifetime because uh, Mark David uh, Gergen is here, uh, Gerson is here, excuse me, and both he, of us are here. Both of us, both <laughs> in one manner or form, that's correct. And both of us are here. He is an amazing human being. This is, you know, the third time he's been on the show, and we have such a good time every time he comes here because he is a author. He is, uh, he's an award-winning author of more than 20 books whose readers span the globe. Books include spellbinding fiction, that, and he's actually done a screenplay. And there is um, this scuttlebutt going around that it's going to be made into a movie and or a series of movies. And might be, you know, Netflix or or something, because there's a lot of that out there right now. He also does uh, self-help guides and compelling memoirs and titles and for writers that are... Can, that a lot of your work is now... Can, <laughs> i got to ask you, did you ever think that you'd be on a, on a radio show or a podcast and somebody would say, and his works are now considered classics? At least they're classics in my lifetime. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> now, which which would fall into that category that uh, we can point people to? I would say probably my first book uh, for writers or on writing. It's called The Voice of the Muse, Answering the Call to Write. And um, I would say that's probably the one that that is that is. I hate to I hate to be immodest, but that's probably the one that's 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 considered a classic. I don't think in, immodesty is. Uh, there's something that you need to consider, quite frankly. Uh, there you go. Then it is. It's it's the classic. <laughs> it, well, you know, you, you've done so much over the course. I believe, if memory serves me, that you really started writing when you were like 35. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah early to mid 30s when I started writing kind of seriously for me as opposed to just doing magazine or newspaper stuff or, or corporate writing or government writing or things like that. Cause I was doing that before that, but in terms of the kind of writing I do now, it, it would have been in my early to mid thirties, mid yeah, early to mid thirties. And how exciting is it to write government documents and stuff? That can't be a lot of fun. On a scale of one to 10. Yes. But minus 50. <laughs> <laughs> But you have to really focus on that, don't you? It's when you're writing government documents and stuff. Well, I was, I was, I was actually. It wasn't quite as bad as that. It's not like I was writing policy documents. I was writing the time I was actually working for. I was living in Toronto and I was working for the Ontario Ministry of Education, and I was writing some promotional material, some some policy document. It was a mix of stuff, but it wasn't. It was certainly not the most exciting thing I've ever written um fortunately um and um although it paid really really well um i was very happy to let it go <laughs> well <laughs> hopefully that you are able to replace that with something else and and writing over 20 books 
and and I believe you have four coming out this year. Uh, hang on, I have um, two. I've got a, I think I've got a little, the little, you know, little abacus is going on in my brain. I have two new editions of existing books coming out um, later this month or next month, and that's um, another book for writers. That's called my, was my second book for writers called "Birthing Your Book," even if you don't know what it's about. I love that title. Um, and the Star Quest, which is the second book in my Legend of Gantana fantasy series. So those those are new editions. And the Birthing Your Book book um, is not just a new edition. It's about a third bigger, more expanded um, than the original edition. And I have another memoir coming out probably by the end of the year at this point. And that one's called um, Hello, Yellow Brick Road. Um, Suppose not goodbye, Yellow Brick Road, but hello, <laughs> but hello Yellow Brick Road. So I oh, think it's... The yellow so, that's the one. Um, and there, well, the fourth one now that you mentioned is probably the third book in the fantasy series, which will be out by the end of the year, and that's called The Sun Quest. So Moon Quest, Dark Quest, Sun Quest, and there are more after that. How many so more the, are going to be in the series? Well, you tell me. <laughs> I thought there was only gonna, I thought there was only going to be one, so what, what the hell do I know? <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought there was only going to be three, and then I thought there was only going to be four, and now I'm working on the fifth, and I know there's a sixth uh, beyond that. So wow. after, I have a friend who insists, God, I hate to put this out um, in, in the world because then I may have to live up to it. I have a friend who insists that um, there will be 16, that's one six, not six zero, there'll be 16 books in this series, which means I'm going to have to live well, a very long time. Let's just let's just put it that way. <laughs> so, when you wrote the first book, mm -hmm. and you were just excited to have it out there, and mm -hmm. it was a fantasy, and it was it was great, and it was received really well, and and then when at what point was it that you said, or did somebody say to you, or was there a <laughs> thought that just appeared that's like, you're not done yet with that? Yeah. Well. Um, I want to back up for a second to the first part of what you said is because when I when the when I when I opened the book that was my first book and when I opened the FedEx envelope that had my advanced copy of that book and I was sitting in a parking lot in front of a UPS store in Santa Fe, New Mexico. I mean, I can still see it; it's so clear in my mind. I opened the I opened the envelope, saw the book, saw kind of my my dream and my vision in physical form, I burst, I burst into tears. So it was, it, was a very, it was a very, very emotional moment for me. But when the series happened, at some point while I was writing The Moon Quest, um, it's, you know, I work very intuitively. I just got, I guess I just got this intuitive sensing that there would be two more stories um, in, the, in what would then be a trilogy. And they would be called the Star Quest and the Sun Quest, but I had no clue, no clue whatsoever what they would be about. Um, and when the Sun Quest was finished, which to my mind, to my very limited mind apparently, tied everything up in a nice little in a nice little package, I figured, well, that's the end of the series. Um, and then one day, a few years later, um, then I was living in Portland, Oregon. I get around a lot. Um, um, I woke up one morning, I thought, you know, I think there's more to the story. I thought, well, it can't be. I mean, everything, like I said, gets wrapped up. It's just, it's very neat and complete. So I thought at the end of the Sun Quest. So I thought, well, here's what, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write a scene. 
and just see what happens. So I sat down and I wrote a scene and in the scene, I don't think I'm giving away very much here. Um, um, a young boy, seven, eight, nine, is being told a bedtime story by his mother um, in this remote, very remote, barren uh, part of Quintana, which is the series, series is called The Legend of Quintana because Quintana is the land where this series takes place. And in at this time in the sequence, um, the Moon Quest, Star Quest, and Sun Quest are history. They took they they took place many generations ago, but the stories live on. And she's telling her young son the story of the Sun Quest, um, which is his favorite story. Um, I won't say it's mine because that would be rude to the other two. But it's it's this little this little guy's favorite story. And she gets to the end of what she thinks of the story, and she says the end. And as I'm you know, I don't know what I'm going to write until I write it. So as I'm writing. The boy, Pira, his name is, says, no, it isn't. And she says, well, that's that's all I know. <laughs> Just, there's no, that's, that's the, all that's been passed down. There's no more story to that. And he quotes a character in the Moon Quest, which, of course, again, is history is, or legend, as far as he's concerned, who tells the main character in that story, um, there's more to every story. And as I'm writing this or typing this into my keyboard and having this, this kid tell his mother there's more to every story, because that's what Ulysha says in the story of the Moon Quest, I thought, oh, shit, there is more to every story. And that's how the fourth book was, was born. And that, that's sensational, because <laughs> I, I, can see, I can see that in my mind's eye, that that, that would be. And then that, that seven-year-old boy, he grows up and he becomes, anyway. I won't go into it because you haven't written it yet, or you. No, that, no, that that that's been that has been written. That's 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 finished, and that'll be out next year. Um, it's the fifth book, which is the book that follows that one that I'm in the midst of right now. So the fourth book is called the Bard, like the storyteller Bard of Bryn Dune, B R Y N D O O N, and the second, sorry, the fifth book, the one I'm working on right now, is called the Sorcerer of Bryn Dune. No, sorry, it's called the Lost Horse of Bryn Dune. The the sixth book. Is called the Sorcerer of Brindoon. So what I discovered, um, and what makes my friends um, um, feeling that there'll be 16 books, which again, I find a little overwhelming to think about, is that I'm writing these books in groups of three. It's like three mini trilogies within a larger series. So Moon Quest, Dark Quest, Sun Quest forms one little mini trilogy. The three Brindoon stories forms another little mini series. So if in fact, I really have to talk to stop talking about this number 16. If in fact there's 16 books in the series, then mathematically that's 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 five groupings of three and one book to tie the whole thing up. Now, I'm not making any promises. <laughs> I'm just saying. But you heard it here first. I've never said I've never said this publicly on air about the 16 books. So this is this is this is this is this is an exclusive to you. Um but um, if that's true, it does kind of make a certain amount of sense. But it, and and if it is true, um, you know, I turned sixty nine this year, which is also hard for my brain to 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 to. Boy, no kidding. Um, but if it is true, I'm going to have to live a whole lot longer too, <laughs> to get the rest of this series written. <clears throat> well, but you're you're healthy and you're vibrant and you're doing a lot of different things. You're moving all over the place. You're living your best life, and so what do why not? And another 30 years? Absolutely. Sure. 
sure what the hell i'm 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 we'll, we'll just say i'm middle-aged now but how about that <laughs> well then the 60s are now the old 50s or something like let's, that. let's say the 60s are now the old 40s how about that oh, that's even better <laughs> I, i'm 66 i would love that okay um, there you go oh, yes yeah, so i'm you're 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 only slightly behind me but you're well i guess you, you can't catch up because i'm going to keep going so what is it your story reminds me of there was another story that became a movie and in 1976 uh when the credits started rolling and you got um a new hope and it was uh, uh episode four and it was like wait what what happened what happened to one two and three right, <laughs> right. and and that was of course star wars and right. then they went four five and six and then one two and three and then right. a billion others after that right and, well it's and, funny you should say that because the the producer who is who wants to film uh, the series um um i can't remember if i told you that story last time but i i actually met her at a book signing for the moon quest a long time ago um when i sent her the bar to brindoon book number four she said oh my god this is the story i want to make first so there's 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 your star wars there's your star wars analogy well you know it uh, <laughs> it uh, you will just have to wait and see but i'm i i really really hope that it comes to fruition because you you've spent uh, a good portion of your life really honing your art and also giving back to a lot of people with self-help books and and ways of they can be a writer as a matter of fact a little bit later on in the show just to give everybody a little a little peek i'm gonna i'm going to have you help me start to think about if i were to put my biography down on paper and how i could get it to work and all of that uh, because you are also a coach and you help people that are trying to figure out the art of writing how to make it work for them does that sound okay sure in fact one of my books for writers um is called from memory to memoir writing the stories of your life and i have a workshop with that title as well um by the way um this is 2024 and it'll be march in a couple of weeks well, in March 2024, it'll be, oh God, 30 years since I put the first words of the Moon Quest on paper. Wow. Literally That's... on paper, because I actually, I actually wrote the first two drafts longhand, which is a whole other story. Yeah, well, 30 years ago, the typewriters, if you don't know what a typewriter is, go to Google it. <laughs> It's kind of like a computer, only it's a self-contained device. That anyway, just look it up. Uh, well, I did have—I I actually had a laptop, but this is so long ago that it was wasn't a Windows laptop. It was a DOS laptop. <laughs> there, there was no Windows yet. <laughs> well, when you—and that's another thing you're going to have to go Google that and and, and look D O S. Look it up. <laughs> and that's that's when before the time of of the um uh windows and all of that and you had to really know some language some computer right. language in order to make it all work but i did i i wrote the i may have written the first two drafts longhand but i actually typed up every day's writing as i went because well two reasons one is i didn't want to be overwhelmed by this stack of paper at the end but also my handwriting um then as now although now it's even worse was so horrible I was concerned that if I didn't type it up every day, after a few days or a few weeks, it would not be, it would be indecipherable. 
Now, in your world, when you started writing, how much would you write in a day? Would you write a, a, a chapter? Or would, did, would you write um, till it felt good or what? It's well, the Moon Quest was an interesting was an interesting situation because it was my first book. It was the first time I'd ever written something that I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I mean, literally, I did not know the story. I, I think we've talked about that before. I didn't, I didn't, I did not know the story. The story kind of snuck up on me, beat me over the head like in the old caveman cartoons, and dragged me into the cave and made me write. Um, so I, I only knew the story as I was going. So it was, it was, it was kind of stressful. Um, I would write every morning, um, either just before or just after breakfast. Um, and I would write for a couple of hours, whatever that, whatever that turned out to be. So it's, it's, I'm less likely even now to work on a, um, um, a word count, excuse me, a word count goal as I am just a time goal or un until I feel, I feel, until I feel complete. Interesting. I, I have a quick story from an, about another writer that I just wanted to share with you and see if this resonates with you at all in and because i know you're an intuitive man and so you you work from that in a lot of cases there's a gal by the name of sonia pojak and she is a orthodontist by trade and she woke up in the morning one morning at four o'clock in the morning and she couldn't go back to sleep and uh she heard somebody say in the room it's time to write. She could have swore that there was somebody there. So she gets up, put on her robe, and walks around the house to see if there's somebody actually there. There's nobody there. So she calls her therapist or texts her therapist <laughs> and, and says, I think I'm I need going crazy. <laughs> I think I need medication because I am uh, I'm I'm hearing voices now. And um her therapist wrote back well did you start writing <laughs> and so she um got a candle out and uh, and her her tablet and she said and she had a bunch of a bunch of journals that were empty and uh, so she started writing and at five o'clock in the morning it stopped so she read what she'd written and she didn't remember writing what she'd written, but it was beginning <laughs> to make sense to her. And then um, she went and showered and did, went about her day and went, went and helped people fix her teeth and stuff. And then the next morning, she woke up at 4 o'clock in the morning again. And, and she got this message. This time it was internal in her head. It's time to write. And so... For 18 months, every day, she got up at 4 o'clock in the morning and wrote till 5. And she came up with, with I believe it's three books that are, that are just coming out now. And is that normal? When it comes to the life of creative people, whatever, whatever their medium, nothing is normal. And nor are they. So it's... <laughs> It's it's kind of a pointless question, <laughs> but yes, I mean, I mean, um, it's not unusual to wake up in the middle of the night. I mean, um, three or four in the morning, and and have an idea, whether it's a, whether you're writing a book or not. It's 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 often a time where um, we're just more we're more available in a sense. Our defenses are down. Um, we're still half asleep, so our our, our critical faculties are down. And we're just, we're more receptive. Um, so 
I don't encourage people to get up at four o'clock in the morning to write, but um, I do say keep, well, in the old days, I would say keep, keep a pad and, 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 and pen by your bed. Now I'll just say, you know, if you wake up with an idea or with or with a piece of the of, of whatever you're working on, just type it type it into your phone or 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 or, talk, or speak it into your phone so you don't so you don't lose it because like our dreams, you wake up at four in the morning, wow, what a great idea! You go back to sleep, and two hours later, it's gone. Exactly, and and just uh, so everybody knows, I'll do. Can I do a shameless plug? Absolutely. For, for a fellow writer, Sonia Palak is her name, and the series, and it's actually four books, and they all were written at the same time that she just had to break them up into four because she had like 10,000 pages or something. Uh, <laughs> leave the little light on, and there's book one, book two, book three, book four, and those came out in the fall of 23. So I have to have her back on the show because I just think it's a great story. But I think you, I think you're right. Artists and musicians and poets and 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 authors, there's something about you guys that is really unique in in that you are plugged in, where a lot of us aren't plugged in. Well, that, go ahead. being plugged in is a choice. Everyone has the potential to be plugged in, and, and a lot of a lot of what I write in my books for writers. Um, and in my self-help books, um, really is about more than writing. Um, it's about plugging in. It's about tuning in. It's about listening, listening to those those inner those inner promptings, those inner sensings, because that's where our best stories comes from. Come from, and frankly, that's where our best lives come from. And by the way, we are talking with Mark David Gerson. If you go to his website, Mark David Gerson, that's G E R S O N dot com. You can learn all about him, his 20 books. And if you have a mind, please buy a book from him. Uh, and I believe you can go to your way, your website and you, they can buy it directly from you and you make a little bit of money, a little bit more money that way. You can even, and, if, you, uh, if you order it from my website, you can even get it signed by me. Oh, no, that's, that's going to be a big deal. That yeah, so. I, I tell you, that's, that's a big deal because you, <laughs> got some classics out there and stuff so anyway mark david i need to take a really quick break and sure. when we come back though we're going to talk more about you and your work and then in the second half of the show you're going to help me write my biography okay. or some silly thing like that so <laughs> stay, stay with us everybody we'll be right back They have your eyes, they have your ears, they have your smile, now all they need is a little more of your time. Make a difference in your child's life, because anyone can be a father, it takes time to be a dad. And welcome back, everybody, to Positive Talk with Kevin McDonald. And this is on the Brushwood Media Network. And, you know, I just love some of the PSAs that they uh, that they have out there. Because, you know, to be a father is not the same thing as to be a dad. And no, That was uh, great. That was great. I love that. Yeah. So and I've got, they, they, they do a really nice job there. And you're going to be on there again. This will be your third episode on the Brushwood <laughs> Media Network. And uh, it's fun. I, I get I have a punch card, so every 10 ones I get one for free. Is that <laughs> exactly that? And uh, Buck will get you a cup of coffee, not um, anymore. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's that's uh, I I remember just as an aside. I remember I was a waiter at Denny's in 1979, and the Starbucks was brand new, and I was sitting there. And at that time, a cup of coffee at Denny's cost 75 cents. And uh, um, we were sitting there, and there were a couple of guys at the at the uh, bar right there, and we were uh, you know, talking. And it's like, who's gonna pay a buck fifty for a cup of coffee? Are you kidding me? This Starbucks place doesn't have a chance. Oh gosh, right? And I could have bought stock then, and I would be maybe doing something bigger now. If maybe you would, maybe you would be the Brushwood Media Network. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's exactly right that's exactly right well again we're talking with mark david gerson and uh he's an author he's a coach he can help you put the stuff together he's also a screenwriter he's got it's he, just epic what you do and i really enjoy the fact that you are willing to come back and talk to me you're just an awesome man oh thank you it's a pleasure it's a pleasure to talk to you so i'm happy to, I'm happy to do it <clears throat> yes and let's talk about you a little bit now you travel a lot you were in, in is that just by design is that just something you enjoy doing or do you do you have this restless spirit that you want to go and find other places and do other things well it's it's as simple as that and a whole lot more complicated all at the same time so i mentioned before that i'm you know i'm intuitive and i kind of function from, you know, from deep inner places in my writing, but in my life as well. And so when I feel a call to do something or go someplace or be someplace, I do my best to follow that wherever, wherever it takes me. Um, sometimes it's lots of fun and sometimes it pushes me way, 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 way out of my comfort zone. Um, and um, so, yeah, um, I have, <clears throat> excuse me, I have actually been on the road uh, this time around now for, for a year. Um, I'm talking to you again from Sedona, Arizona, where we spoke, where I spoke to you from last time, but I have not been here the whole time. And, um, I, I've, I've been gone and, and come back and actually I'm leaving tomorrow to, to go to Albuquerque for a few months where I've lived before as well. Now, what is, is there anything particular about, I don't know, Albuquerque at this particular moment? So Albuquerque, it's, you know, um, how long, when was this? This was about 20 years ago. Um, I left Sedona for the second time. I lived in Sedona three, on three separate occasions over the past 25, 30 years. Um, and it was at the end of a relationship. And I just felt like I needed to be gone. Um, and I just kind of hit the road thinking, well, you know, I'll just drive around for a couple of months and see where I end up. And I ended up driving around for 30, that's three zero months um and doing uh workshops as i and and coaching work as i traveled and that's kind of how i supported myself and then at one point um i was this is this story is not going to make any conventional sense but then not a whole lot of my life does i was actually in albuquerque i've been in and out of albuquerque over that over that stretch of time um over those 30 months i was in albuquerque and my car was broken into first time first time ever i was parked in the one spot in the parking lot where the cameras didn't that the cameras didn't cover <laughs> but, who, <laughs> who knew? But, but who knew exactly exactly um nothing of any value was taken um, um but 
it was certainly unsettling. Everything I owned was 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 with me. Um, and when the dust settled, I realized, and again, there's no, even today I can't make logical sense of this. I just knew that 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 journey was over. It was time to stop. And you know, I've lived in this country now for um, twenty six seven. 26 years. Um, and the three places that have, that have drawn me consistently have been Arizona, New Mexico, and California. And so I said to myself, okay, well, I'm in Albuquerque now, but where do I, where do I go from here? I could go, I could stay in New Mexico, I could stay in Albuquerque, I could go up to Santa Fe, I could go back to Arizona, um, or I could go to California. And there was no logic to the first part of the story, and there's no logic, I just felt Albuquerque. And I just stayed. In fact, I've lived in off and on in Albuquerque over the course of my time in the U.S. longer than any other place. Consciously, it wouldn't be a place I would necessarily choose to go. It's not it's like I, say, I want to live in Albuquerque. Nothing wrong with Albuquerque. It's just it wasn't like wow. It's not like Sedona, or it's not like you know I don't know Malibu. <laughs> it's it's fine, but it wasn't. It's not like it wasn't ever a dream place. It just felt like the right place to be. So that's right. That's that's where I went, and I'm going back now because I'm actually going to be um, house sitting for a couple of months. Oh, very nice, very nice. So, so the, is that how also that you were able to to afford that? Is is that you would house sit and and do that, or do, did spend a lot of time in a hotel? How did you do that? It's it's a combination. Um, I've stayed with people. I've done I've done hotels and motels. I've done um, house sitting gigs. Um, um, I've stretched my resources beyond beyond <laughs> beyond the breaking point, um, but you know, the, my we're going to talk about your memoir in a bit. My mem my first memoir, because there are three of them, is called Acts of Surrender, and um, it's not like surrendering at gunpoint to you know to to uh, to the enemy. It's about surrendering to your highest imperative. Um, your your higher self, if you will, God, if you if, if that's your if that's your spiritual belief system, um, um, your wise your wisest self is one of the ways that I that that I that I characterize it. Um, and again, it's what comes from here. It comes from the heart, which is where my stories come from. The stories I write and the stories I live. And so I just listen and and kind of surrender to that and do and uh, do do what I feel called to do go where i feel called to go and trust that somehow in the insanity of it all it's going to work out and if any if you have the opportunity to record that last minute and then replay it every day for the rest of your life you will have learned something profound and we're going to talk a little bit about more about that when we come back we're going to need, need to take a station break uh, but i just i just love that say yes to life and to trust and it's amazing the things that will come come to you so That's you're listening to positive talk with kevin mcdonald on the brushwood media network and we'll be right back after this you're listening to brushwood media network the best in syndicated talk news and entertainment shows a lifetime of savings can disappear overnight Millions of dollars are stolen every day from unsuspecting older adults by family members, caregivers, and trusted professionals. If you suspect financial exploitation, call the Elder Care Locator 
at 1-800-677-1116 or go online to the National Adult Protective Services Association to be connected with help in your area. And welcome back to Positive Talk with Kevin McDonald. Yes, we're talking to a canine over there and <laughs> his owner, David, Mark David Gerson. And how are you today? And who is your friend? This is, of course, you're, if you're listening, you can't see him, but his name is Kiri. It's K-Y-R-I. And he's named after a character in the Moon Quest. And, and he travels know, everywhere with you. He goes everywhere with me, and he got tired of sitting on the ground, so he's now sitting on my lap, lick, licking my hand. <laughs> and so, but he travels well, and he doesn't mind being in the car. He probably loves being in the car. He's, he's fine on the car. He sleeps a lot. Um, he has a bed on the passenger seat, so I can't, I can't, I can't carry passengers because there's no room for anyone but him. <laughs> <laughs> well, it works. It, it, it works. It absolutely works. It's good to have the company. <clears throat> exactly. So, um, uh, Mark David, because you also you've written books and classics on teaching people how to write and the muse, as it were. And so, I have been told I've been toying with the this idea for a while, and that is that I really should put together a either a historical bio or a bio or a just a biography of my life and stuff and i have i mean i've got a lot of stories but i have no earthly idea how to begin and i'm sure there are a lot of folks that are in that boat that they would love to leave a legacy for the next generation and the generations after that they can say well this is your great great grandpa and this is the story of his life long after we are going where we're going and and stuff how how would you recommend that somebody judge how how would you recommend we'll we'll take me as an example so you can actually ask me questions and and stuff well how i'm going to start i'm going to start by telling you a story about my memoir which is not it's not designed as a plug although i'm happy to give it a plug but it's um, of it's, course. It's, it's designed to give you an example basically so um i had taught memoir writing workshops um for a long time and one day after the end of one of my workshops that little voice, that little, the voice of my muse, the voice of my wisest self, whatever you want to call it, said, okay, it's kind of like your, your, your other writer friend at four in the morning, it's time to write your memoir. And I said, who the hell is going to want to read my memoir? Which is funny because that's what people say to me all the time. Why should I write a memoir? Who's going to want to read it? And I, I heard myself say the exact same thing. And the answer was, it doesn't matter because you have to do this for you. Uh -huh. um, you know, writing a memoir. Um, so, so an autobiography is more encyclopedic. A memoir is more um, emotional. Um, so it's, um, you know, an autobiography starts with I was born on and keeps going <laughs> until today. Whereas a memoir can take many forms. It can, it can be stories. Um, it, can, it can work around a theme. Um, so what I did was I said, okay, well, I don't know, I don't have a theme that I was, that I was aware of. I don't have, I have lots of stories. Um, I'm just going to start by telling a story. I'm just going to start writing the stories of my life, which is why the, which is why the, my book on memoir, memoir writing, it says writing the stories 
of your life because our lives are comprised of many, many, many stories. And what I discovered as I began writing these stories was that my life actually did have a theme. And it was a theme I had no conscious awareness of. Oh. And that's where, that's where acts of surrender comes from because my life has been a life of surrender. And I couldn't see it until I began to see the pattern in all these various stories I was telling. Um, so, in so this is a long answer to your question. My guidance, my counsel for anybody who wants to write a memoir and doesn't have a particular, you know, some people, you know, maybe there's been a, you're, 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 um, you've had abuse and you want to write about that. If there's no particular theme you're starting with, um, I say, pick a story from your life and start writing it. Period. And then pick another story from your life and start writing it. And then pick a third story from your life and start writing it. And just keep doing that and see what you discover about you. So as I discovered this theme, I was able to then hone in. So certain stories no longer belonged in the book because they didn't, they didn't speak to that theme. Um, or st certain stories didn't need to be written because they didn't, they didn't speak to that theme. Um, but once I had the theme, then I, I knew what I was doing. So um, you have many stories in your life because we all do. Yes. Um, and many stories, I'm sure, that have, I mean, you've, you've told me a few, that have changed your life. So yes. what I would say to you is pick a, a life-changing moment in your life and start there. Because you don't have to write this in sequence. You'll know the sequence. Just, just pick the story that, that was so momentous for you that was so life altering for you, the story where the end of the story, you're, you're someone else altogether and begin to write that story and then just keep going from there. That's, that's brilliant. Simply brilliant. Well, as we've been talking, I've already come up with a, what, tell me, what do you, what do you think about what do you think You've already about? written the book. Seriously. Yes. In, my, in my head, it's kind of like, it goes here, there you are. It's see the opening scene of the book is I'm, home which is what i call the other side and we are putting together my contract mm. what what i'm going to be doing here what what what's my mission why am i why am i going there and what am i do to accomplish in that in that whole lifetime mm -hmm. and and then then suddenly of course i'm here and then pick out stories what from, the <laughs> yeah. What, what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> because you forget everything. Yes, well, and, yeah. and then over the course of time, there are people that came into my, I don't know if this has happened to you, but it's happened to me on at least three occasions or four occasions that, that were clear. And the people come into your life. They're there for a little while. Some of them, you love them. Some of them, they encourage you to do something you hadn't thought of. Um, others uh, put you in a situation that you can then say yes to life and to do something. And then they just, for whatever reason, 
they disappear. They go away. They, they're not. They're not in. They're not destined to be in your life forever. They're only there to move you to. And it's like a contract that that you signed with these people that put you in the position to be able to go to the next level of of what you're trying to accomplish in your life. And you don't. You don't consciously. Well, you said it. You're saying you don't consciously know what is happening it's like the day i was at the pool with my friend who i'd met at work and and he said let's go to the community college i want to uh, enroll in school and so we go there and we're standing in line and he turns around and says nah, i don't think i want to do this after all and and so i was standing in line so i decided to and i ended up sitting talking to a drama uh, the drama professor and uh, i decided to sign up for that and uh, then I was casting a bunch of plays. I met my wife. That's where my kids came from. Uh, that my whole life changed because of that. And he left because the interesting thing about why he left is we were going to go to another restaurant to work because mm -hmm. they, we felt we'd make more money there. Well, I got an abscess. Now, we were in a hotel. We were working for a hotel. And so I had health benefits there. The other restaurant had no health benefits there, and so as my face ballooned up and I had and I got this massive infection and had I ended up having to stay there for the <laughs> benefits, <laughs> and he left and I haven't talked to him since. So you already have two great stories. You've got your your prologue, if you will, which is which is. Um, Signing a contract with no lawyer present always a always a big mistake. Um, <laughs> um, Hold on, I got to write that down. That's really good. <laughs> and you've got you've got the the community college story, which was again a life changing story, and um, those two will take you to the next story and the next story. So I have a, I have a, I have, a I have a story about a, about a, um, a client who who had written a memoir. She didn't come to me for, me for memoir writing. She came to me actually for a novel. But um, she told me that she had a very particular conscious reason for writing the story, for writing this memoir. But as she wrote, the more and more she wrote, the more she realized that her story was something different altogether. And by the end of the memoir, by the end of the final draft of the memoir, it was nothing like what she thought she was writing. And that's when you know it really is coming from inside. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? And so, so basically, you just start writing, and you have a kind of a rough idea, and then it just kind of takes it where it will. So I have a, a saying that I use a lot in my books for writers and in, in my workshops, which is there's two versions of it. One is the story knows best, and one is the story is smarter than you are. So of course it knows best, right? So if you trust the story. And get out of the way, which is again, it's that's that's life guidance too. It's not just it's not just writing guidance. If you trust the story of your life, whether you're writing it or living it, and get out of the way and let it reveal itself, I was going to say unfurl because it's like a flag; it just opens up um, or blossom. Then you will be amazed. Um, and that's how I find myself on the road. When I'm on the road, that's how I write the stories that I write, the books that I write. Um, I don't, 
very few of these books, I've known what I'm doing when I start. Um, I just discover the story, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, um, I just discover the story as I go. And the result is always far more amazing and far more compelling and far more engaging and exciting and sometimes stressful um, than anything my conscious mind could conjure up. Well, you know, the, the interesting thing about that is your conscious mind would say, no, nobody's going to believe that. And it, and it, and it, and it has, and it does. Um, and even if I listen to it the first time, which I have done, not so much recently, but in the past, I always end up giving in another act of surrender, if you will, um, because having lived this way for more than 30 years, as stressful as the moment can sometimes be, I know that the story is smarter than I am. I know that the outcome is always something more amazing than anything I can imagine. So I always end up going with it. And it's always true. I have one more one more story that feeds into that. And tell me if you think this is print. It, it, it amazes me. Um, we, we were at Thanksgiving, and I was with my Christian fundamentalist family, and we were talking about uh, what happens when we die, and you get to go and worship and sit on a thing. It's like there has to be more than that. There has there has. To, what is this all about? Why are we really here? Which is in the opening, and what is this all about and stuff? And and uh, so we have dinner and clean up and then my wife and I go to a friend's house and we meet a guy who I'd never met before his name is Mark and uh he's dating her and the because her and her husband got divorced and so we were sitting there and I started having this conversation about why are we really here and they looked at each other and they said you know we're having the same conversation so we started to as a group of four started to work on uh, finding things like Wayne Dyer and Neil Donald Walsh and and Gary Zukoff and and other writings and other people that we were trying to find out you know and about meditation and all of these things well about six months later he came to me mark did and he said you know we need to do a television show and we needed to talk about all these things that we're talking about and i said well i'll look we couldn't do a tv show but we could do radio mm -hmm. and so he encouraged me let's do a radio show and eventually our, we're gonna our, <laughs> we're gonna be our name is gonna be on the side of a bus because you're gonna be famous in those days they would do that and uh so we started the radio show and he um, got tired of it over time and he didn't feel like he was, so he quit. And then he moved away, never saw him again. And that led me to do the radio for the next 20 years. And, and, there's, another, and there's another story right there. Yeah, exactly. And it was the most bizarre thing because I knew I wanted to do something different, but I didn't know what it was. And then I started doing the radio and somebody said, you know, you're not half bad at this. You should do this more. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, but that's, so again, that, and I, that's why I, I feel like, like you do, that I've been led to do these things. You've been led to be on this show because we resonate with each other and what you, when the things that you talk about are so real and so honest and so true. <laughs> and so, so you could say thank you or something at that point <laughs> thank you <laughs>
So, so I, I missed, I, I missed my cue. I missed my cue card. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's, it's amazing to me. Um, the first time that we met, I knew that you'd been, <clears throat> excuse me, you'd had 20 books and you're an author and you've, and you've done all these things, but I had no idea how you live your life in a spectacular way of just saying yes to life and going from here to there and using your intuition and, and finding things that work out for you and trusting that it's all going to be okay. Uh, that is, that, I think that's, that, that is, that is the key. It's, it's because in the moment things don't always look okay. And that's true for all of us in our lives. Um, but I, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of trying to find, you might say the positive value, positive talk radio. I always had the redemptive, the redemptive value of, 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 of my experiences. Um, you know, I can look back and say, oh God, I don't ever want to have to do that again, whatever, whatever that, whatever that happened to be. But wow, look where it took me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, so my marriage broke up and I hit the road for what turned out to be 30 months. Um, the marriage breakup was horrible. Um, it was not an, it was not a happy experience. It was not, it was not, it was not something that I, that I initiated, but it was the best thing that could have happened to me for so many reasons. Um, and we're still really good friends. Um, um, but it was the best thing that could have happened. I, I probably wouldn't have these 20 books otherwise. So in the moment, we don't see what's possible. Because what's possible, I mean, one of my favorite images is the iceberg. So we see, you know, this much of the iceberg. Um, what is it? 10% uh, of the iceberg? I don't remember what the actual figure like is. 10 or 15. So 85 to 95% of what is in our lives we cannot consciously see. So why rely only on the 10% when there's so much else that's available to us if we if we open to it, if we, if we allow ourselves to open to it, um, th that's where the miracles are. That's where the magic is. It's also where the mystery is and the, and the, and the can't control it is and, and the, and the terror is of course, but all those things come together to bring the gifts. You know, I get the biggest kick out of people that say, you're a happy guy. You got positive talk radio. Your life must be like, you know, cupcakes and rainbows. And it's like, well, I have to tell you, there was a period of my life that I call my bad country music song period. <laughs> <laughs> which is, which is, you know, my dad died. My dog died. My wife left. And lost <laughs> my house. I declared bankruptcy. I hit a bridge with a truck. I, I got sued for $50,000 all in like a three year period. And, and it's like, but you know what? All of it was good for me. It all needed to happen. And including hard, all of my friends. It's hard to see in the moment. That's all. But if we yeah. can see beyond the moment and say, okay, this is what it looks like right now. But there's, where, what about the 90% that, that I can't see right now? Exactly right. Um, and, you know, again, um, I've had some, you know, people say, um, Wow, you're traveling all the time. You're on the road. What a fabulous life you have! I wish I could do that. And I say, be careful, be careful what you wish for, because because you're also only seeing the ten percent. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, by the way, we've been talking with Mark David Gerson. This hour has gone by way too fast. For oh me. my God, you're right. <laughs> and 
And, and uh, but so I want to give you the opportunity. If you are somebody that somebody is, is, is worth working with you, if, if you want to be a writer, if you want some help, um, get a hold of David. How do they do it? Go to my website. There's a coaching page right on the website. Go to markdavidgerson.com. Click on the coach link um, on, the, on the top of the page. Um, and there's information on my coaching there. And, um, or just reach out to me through the contact page on my website and say, look, I, this, is, this is what I'm trying to do. Can you, can you help me? And um, <laughs> I've got a restless dog here. Can you go down? <laughs> He's saying, why are you talking about you when you can be talking about me? <laughs> exactly. Um, and something else I've just added to my website. I have, um, I'm not doing any live workshops right now. It's a little, little more challenging when I'm on the road, but I have a whole bunch of recorded workshops that are available for download. And those, um, those are all, including one on memoir writing that are now on my website as well. I'll have to look that up because you've you you've given me a lot of insight and a lot of really in, encouragement to go into and to write my own thing because I, I I really think including when I was ten years old and my brother hung me by the neck uh, but that's a, a whole other story. Well, you know, and that made you that made you who you are today, right? <laughs> <laughs> it taught me that you sometimes your imagination can really <laughs> cause harm. <laughs> because because I this goes back to the to the late sixties and uh um the movie Hang 'em High was being oh. previewed <laughs> in the theaters. And uh, we had a great big apricot tree in our backyard and my brother had a ladder and next to a, a rope with a loop on it. And of course, me being ten, I was fantasizing what it would be like to be in Hang 'em High and nice. to get to walk up the scaffolding and put your <laughs> head in the noose and get ready for them to don't try this at home folks no don't, <laughs> don't try this at home and then my brother pulled the ladder away oh nice nice <laughs> yeah I, I did think so at the time no, but, I'm sure uh, not. <laughs> but, but it's uh, but it's a but but again it's another story of your life that, that maybe feeds into whatever theme is going to show up for you yeah it really it really did and uh Every, 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 everything. So, we, and we all have that. That's a, that is the cool thing that I want to make sure that everybody understands is that all of our lives are special, and there are things within our lives that that can be instructive to some, can be entertaining to others, and it can all be a really good, a really good experience for everybody. Do you, you find that to be true, don't you? Sure. And and you know, one of the things that is most gratifying for me, in fact, I just, I just. So someone just posted about acts of surrender on Facebook telling, saying just how amazingly inspiring it was for them in their lives. And I think when we share from an authentic place in our own lives, not only does it, is it a gift for ourselves? Uh, I mean, for me, it was a discovery of, of a, an important theme in my life I didn't know about, but it's also becomes a huge inspiration for others. When we allow ourselves to be vulnerable on the page, when we, when we share our stories, um, in an honest, open, authentic way, we inspire others. We help others on their journeys, and I think that's that's just so amazing. So when you tell your story, your the stories of your life, whatever form that ends up taking, it's going to have a huge impact for you in your life because you're going to get all kinds of clarity, and you're going to inspire yourself. But it's also going to help others, and that's and that's amazing because that's what we do. You know, we tell stories, we share stories, we inspire each other. I know when you were sitting, having just gotten your first 
novel and you were sitting in front of the uh um ups station <laughs> and you were and you were crying i'm willing to bet that when you got the notice of how the, your book changed this man's life that a little tear came to your eye i'm willing to bet yeah Yes, no, I mean, I, I'm very moved by, 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 by things like that um, because, you know, we, especially writers, um, but, I get, you know, visual artists as well, we work, in, we work in a vacuum. We sit in a, sit in a room by ourselves most of the time um, and, you know, pour our guts or our hearts onto a screen or onto a page or onto a canvas. There's nobody else around. And when it comes to a book, I'm, I'm not sitting there watching you while you're reading, while you're reading my book and getting your reactions. I, I, once the book is out there, that's it. I don't yeah. know how you're going to respond to it. Um, you know, in a gallery, I could be there. I could be eavesdropping on people looking at my, looking at my, my photography. I'm also a photographer, but when it comes to a book, I don't get to see you experience my book. So when I get feedback like that, it's, it, it's, it's validating. I have the same thing. I'm sitting here in a room by myself <laughs> talking to you. And I, when you're in radio, that's generally how it happens. You got a board off and you're sitting there and you have no idea how it's impacting people. But I had a lady call me on the last day that I did positive talk way back when. And she said, we're devastated that you're going off the air. And mm -hmm. I said, well, I appreciate that. And it's so nice of you. And she said, no, you don't understand. I'm an Alzheimer's caregiver. And she and I listen to your show on a daily basis because wow. you can still reach her. And wow. it was like that drove me, that really drove me to do the next 20 years and know that I was going to come back to do this. Well, it's, it's you know, we, in all my books for writers and actually in my self-help books as well, I talk about the power of, of letting yourself be vulnerable. We all, we, we all put up masks, we all hide aspects of ourselves because we're scared. We're scared of being hurt. We're scared of being beaten up. We're scared of being hung, hung from the apricot tree. <laughs> exactly. Um, but when we can get past that fear and open our hearts to other people, it changes not only us and them, it changes the world. And that's the power of that. And that's where we're going to have to leave it today. <laughs> and But uh, Mark David is going to come back and see us again. So I'll be looking for that. Mark, Mark David Gerson, go to his website, markdavidgerson.com, and find out all about him. I got it. This hour just flew by. It's just an, I'm, an, an, you're incredible. And I appreciate you. Thank you. It's, it's, been a, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And I'm always happy to come back and talk to you. <laughs> You're, I'm, I've got you on tape. <laughs> I've got you on digital. Is that what they call it now? I've got right, you on digital yeah. saying that. <laughs> so, if you wait right there, I'll be right back. Hey, thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of PositiveTalkRadio.net. Please visit our website, oddly named PositiveTalkRadio.net, for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember... Be kind to one another because each other's all we got.